This podcast is brought to you by Exergo Technologies, providing some of the most affordable and portable sports science technology on the market. Made by coaches for coaches. Stop guessing, start assessing. Produced from the Cube Studios, this is Strong by Science. In-depth conversations about science-based training, sports performance, and all things health and wellness. Here's your host, Max Schmarzo. What's up, guys? I got Gary Schneider here, the CEO and co-founder of Train AI Station. So I'm pretty excited to have Gary on here today and to give you guys a little background, not to spoil it all. Gary is the CEO and co-founder of an AI-based training app currently in development. Um, Very exciting. Him and I have spoken quite a bit off air many times. And what he's about to talk about is a little different, but we'll get into that in a second. Gary, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know Gary, Gary, give us a little bit of a background of yourself and then what your company of Train, again, capital AI station, is really looking to do. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, It's taken off really quick, and it's been cool to see Strong by Science podcasts kind of take off into their own. Um, So a little bit about me. Um, I'm a personal trainer by trade, um, generally speaking, work with, you know, general population, um, average everyday folks. Um, but I got my start in a, a more of a performance and physical therapy setting. So, uh, while I was doing my bachelor's at, uh, Arizona state university, which a lot of people refer to as the Harvard of the desert, as you may know that. Yes. <laughs> but as I was doing my bachelor's at, uh, ASU, I was also working, um, with physical therapy clinics out here. Like, uh, I'd come home and work for green physical therapy, um, got to work for some orthopedic surgeons and also Fisher Institute down in Arizona. Um, and Brett Fisher and his team down at Fisher Institute have done a really cool job of blending uh, PT and performance. Um, and so, you know, I kind of got a really great exposure to how can you blend um, the, the fundamental beliefs from physical therapy, from performance coaching, uh, as well as training your, your average uh, everyday person. Um, you know, got a good blend of where that all fits together. Uh, and then along with a business partner of mine, Lucas Atwood and his brother, uh, who helped me start my first company uh, in college called Student Body Fitness, um, which was a online personal training company for college students. And we dealt with problems like, you know, how much tequila are you drinking this week? And how is that going to affect your lift on the weekend? Stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we, we ended up on this you know big journey of asking questions. You know, what is training? Why are we doing these things? What is uh, the real reason people are actually seeking out help in things like health and performance uh, and get to the heart of some of those deeper issues in anywhere from uh, fitness, healthcare, physical therapy. And it kind of led us to this really, you know, broad spectrum data-driven approach, which happened to be the perfect use case for artificial intelligence. Uh, and so that's kind of you know, how I got here. So again, I'm holding the mic right now. I apologize. This is making some stuff. noise. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gary has a really interesting background. The fact that he came from an application-based situation, he saw a problem and now trying to find a solution, which many of us deem as one of the biggest health crises there is. We know that training 
um, any sort of exercise reduces the risk of all-cause mortality. We know it's extremely important for not just physical well-being, but mental well-being. Unfortunately, many of the Americans, um, and I guess general population of the whole world, don't train like they should. A lot of it doing with the entry of confusion, where do I begin, but also the motivation. And so your platform is looking to engage those individuals who might not have a personal trainer, who might not have the resources um, to have a full weight room next to them, but still gives them the opportunity to train. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And I I think uh, the the biggest thing you said there that uh, I really liked was opportunity to train. Um, and, And a big part of where we see the application of this is giving someone the chance to say, you know, hey, I literally have, you know, a random weight of this size and I'm in the middle of nowhere, you know, what can I do with that? Because I'm still trying to take a step to take care of myself. Um, and something you've talked about a lot, quite a bit in your podcast is uh, the concept of microdosing, which could mean something totally different depending on what circle you're in, but microdosing fitness and microdosing health protocols, you know, doing something every day, uh, is a really foreign concept to some people. Um, and, and so, you know, opening up the door to providing education and simple, actionable solutions to the science that we've already kind of uh, started basing our our, uh, solutions around is what we were looking to do. So part of that data-driven process that you mentioned earlier and the scientific aspect of training is also making it fit the individual, right? So we have this idea that we have to be science, 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 you need a lab, you need a weight room, you need X, Y, and Z, but more like taking the scientific concepts, molding it around the environment the individual has and then allowing them to explore, again, the opportunities that are present for them to get the most bang for their buck. And so I'm not sure if anyone listening here has tried uh, an, a, an individual, um, I guess, AI-based training program before. Some people may use something very similar, a similar nature, I mean, conceptually, where you go to a library database. But what you're looking to do is not just provide a library database but actionable interventions derived from the insights from the data to provide the right training program for the individual. And at the same time, for the listeners who are immediately questioning this, I don't think Gary is out here trying to replace personal trainers either. He's trying to augment and facilitate those that maybe don't have the access to a personal trainer. And even maybe on those days, you're not working with that trainer themselves. So it's an engaging platform that has that exercise library but has the guidance, and that guidance comes from the analytics, the data, the data, the AI, which then drives the individual's actions. Correct, and I think you hit on a couple really good points there. Uh, one of which being, uh, you know, the first objection we always get is, you know, you're coming for my jobs or they took your jabs, and kind of thing. And it's like, no, we're not, you know, we're not necessarily coming to wipe out uh, personal training or something like that. It's to open up the door to people who should be seeking out interventions from someone like that, right? And, and if anything. Uh, change the role of the coach, the trainer, the therapist, and then empower the client or the patient to seek out the help that they actually need. Um, and so when it comes to, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, where we stand with that, it, we get the image of, you know, ex machina or something that's like, you know, already knows all the solutions and it's this all seeing thing. And I think right now with what's in front of us, Um, artificial intelligence is more of the machine learning side and it's the symbiotic relationship between technology and the professional, which is, you know, the personal trainer, the health coach, physical therapist, strength conditioning coach, whatever. 
um, but trying to encourage a symbiotic relationship between the data that we're taking in, which is from all these different places when you have companies like InBody putting a, a virtual scale and you know, every single hotel or corporate gym or whatever in America, you've got companies like Exergo, like what you guys are doing, taking in some incredible data on, um, you know, force velocity curves and jump profiles and ground contact time. And then you've also got companies taking in, you know, bar velocity stuff, EMG stuff. So there's a lot of data out there. Um, and not necessarily a lot of people are you doing much with it or know what to do with it, you know, and that application is where we think we come in. Yeah, and, and for people listening who aren't familiar with the tech world, there's a big difference between what sci-fi portrays AI as and what AI is actually used as. As same with machine learning. I think we we hear machine learning, we go Terminator is the first thing that we think. Oh my gosh, there's this autonomous agent of a machine that can understand every exercise I need to do. N- no, like, that's not how it works. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, but I'm pretty sure what you're implying is that. It's machine learning in the sense that it can run algorithms and data sets at an order of magnitude that a human being never could and then provide possible actions and insights that that person can act upon. But that person being a human being doesn't actually have to act upon it, right? It's to augment their decision making. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So just to clear that up, I think people hear like the, uh, you know, AI is coming and yeah. we're going to have the singularity and all of a sudden, yeah, like it, it's going to know how we eat and breathe. And it's going to take our mind over. No, it's more like it's being a really, really intelligent um, analyst yep. for your own decisions. Correct. And the, the analogy that I've been using a little bit lately and what seems to resonate because everyone in the freaking world has seen the Marvel movies is think Jarvis, not Ultron, right? Uh, the purpose is not to try and just get access to all this health data and then let something run wild and try and, you know, train people to become something. It's like, no, we're actually trying to create this ultimate, you know, all-knowing, ever-learning personal training assistant to be an advisor for your help or health, sorry, more than anything. Um, you know, that it should be using patterns in these massive amounts of data to learn new things that we couldn't necessarily learn ourselves because we're busy on well, how's my client doing? You know, they walked in today, they might be stressed. You're taking in data as a trainer or coach, whether you realize it or not, just trying to focus on the task at hand. And, uh, you know, when you add in, well, hey, you know, we can all be real if we've been trainers or coaches, but it's an hourly job, right? You get paid for the hour or the time that you can spend with somebody. But anyone who's been in that profession knows that there's a lot of time outside of that one hour that you spend going over data, thinking about your clients, where they're at, things that they might need. And there's only so much you can take in. So having a platform that can analyze all that for you and provide some solutions you know, is really uh, something that we don't think we've seen before and something I think that would be more of a positive impact on health and fitness than, than a disruptor. So let's take a step back yep. um, because we jumped right into this. Damn right. And <laughs> let's talk a little bit about first how that platform works and secondly, before we get into like the data and the AI, how might the interface look an interface for those people i'm talking about how the screen looks maybe how the suggestions come up so then we can put the backbone and understand of ai to that um so if i'm a client not a client but i'm a interested consumer and i want to you know dive into this world for what you can talk about because currently it's in the development stages what might that be like what might the experience be like and then how is that going to facilitate my training well uh- also glad you asked that. Um, the experience itself, we wanted to make as easy as possible, 
while giving us uh, the most information that we'd be you know, able to get or people that are willing to give us to help them out. Um, so we saw a lot of things like wearable technology and people taking in you know, data to provide uh, to an algorithm to make decisions, right? So uh, every trainer, every coach, our physical therapist, whatever the profession of health and wellness is, uh, you're taking in data, whether it be visual or on uh, a piece of paper, surveys, whatever it is, you're taking a data on somebody and then you're analyzing that data. And then that is basically helping you uh, weigh the probability of certain decisions being made, right? So it's a game of kind of statistical chance. And then certain things will have a higher probability of producing a, an outcome that you want and certain things won't. Uh, and then based on those results, we can kind of augment the rules around it. So, and is this going to be based on some sort of key performance metrics that that individual deems their goals. Yes. Correct. And that is going to be how the machine learns whether or not they're progressing to these goals. Correct. And so right now um, we can keep our KPIs per goal pretty standard. You know, if you're losing body fat, then we obviously want the AI to show that, oh, this person is measurably losing body fat over a certain amount of time. And that's how we know that it's, you know, going or going the way we want it based on normative means of losing that body fat or changing body composition. Uh, we talk about something like strength. You know, we can take in numbers from scroll bars and monitor somebody's strength over time and see if we're actually producing those kinds of changes. Interesting. Interesting. So in, in a devil's advocate situation, yeah. um, if the machine is learning that I don't eat food and I lose weight, how are we going to constrain that machine from telling me to stop eating food? So um, one of the things that I think you've talked about in one of your other podcasts is kind of uh, expanding your knowledge and understanding that it's not uh, things aren't necessarily linear, right? So one of the things that has been um, a challenge, a really fun challenge, and something that has been uh, you know really a teacher for us is where are the relationships between those key performance indicators? So um, I kind of talked about how I was in fitness, but also in you know physical therapy for a while, and that's kind of I uh, originally wanted to be a PT. I did all my you know, rotations. I was working with uh, PTs in personal training. And you can kind of monitor um, multiple areas of someone's health. So, you know, maybe somebody is wanting to lose weight, but in the process of losing weight, they're destroying their back or they're, you know, losing mobility or they're uh, putting so much stress on themselves that their mental health is starting to fatigue. What we found is well, we need to then score every single one of those aspects or score separately different parts of somebody's health. Um, and then see how those intertwine. And so all of those we don't, um, uh, all of those connections or, or pairings and data we haven't necessarily figured out. But we wanted to create a system that could open the door between, okay, are there patterns in this kind of health and maybe flexibility, mobility, this kind of health and strength, this kind of health and body composition, and then this mental, blah, 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 and then weigh the scores of each of those together to see if we can find that kind of singular performance indicator. So for those of you that listen to my it's a cheap plug. Max thoughts talking about complex systems. I right? loved it. <laughs> uh, what Gary's kind of referencing there is each of these systems act as nodes. Correct. Right. And um, in a neural network is what the terminology I believe Gary's used off air. And hopefully that's the right tech term. Right. There's different nodes that are weighted differently and influence each other in different manners. Correct. And so what we mean by a nonlinear relationship, it's not just lose weight, get better. Right, it's I want to lose weight. I want to be happy. I want to feel like I'm mobile. I want to feel like my stress is going down. And so, when it takes into the aggregation of all this information, it might weigh different systems differently. And so, it's a subsystem based model to a holistic approach of development. So, you're taking 
oh, you know, and the machine's not going to be like, oh, you know, you've lost weight and you didn't eat food. So continue to not eat food and you'll lose weight. Well, <laughs> if answered honestly, you're probably going to be more irritable. You're probably going to be more upset. Um, with other life stressors, you might not sleep as well. You might not perform as well in the weight room. You might have all these other areas. And this just highlights how the more information that is put into the system, the more robust it can be and more powerful it can be to um, learning how someone works. And so with that obstacle and hurdle, are you using different wearables to get some of this information? Are you looking to have other products API'd? Um, how are we going to make this in a way to not give away too much of the sauce, yeah. but make this in a way that it's not going to be such a burden for people to collect and input information. Yeah. Well, and uh, what you just ended with right there with uh, it not being a burden for people to collect information is a huge part of it, man. Uh, because the fact of the matter is, and this is something for all coaches, trainers to keep in mind, and something that takes a while uh, to understand training hours wise, but that people who come in the door for personal training don't give a shit the same way we do because it's our job to give a shit, right? It's like we have to understand all these different inner workings. The person who's coming in for help is already in a state where they need help. They just kind of want something that's going to guide them along that process. They want you to hold their hand. Exactly. And so some people don't need a hand holder. Some people really do just need, you know, some good information and good education and then figure out how to apply it from there. But yeah, the vast majority of people walking in the door do need a little bit uh, of that handholding, if you will. So your approach to this is now saying, instead of just giving people automated exercise programs, we want to give them a machine. We, we look at exercise as a piece of that holistic picture. Correct. So it's not just, oh, we're going to give you a great workout and you're going to sweat and get your heart rate up. And here's a big exercise library to choose from. But it's like, look, dude, you're more enjoyable and happier and feel better when you bench press. And when you do these exercises and then you have this machine that begins to understand your profile and you almost have what's called like a uh, um, agent-based modeling or digital twin, right? Where you, digital twin, for example, is like a living profile that is um, on the the interwebs, right? It's in the internet <laughs> floating around. Within the, yeah, whatever it's, it's being stored, you yeah, have your avatar. Yeah. <laughs> and the machine can then run prediction models on that individual Correct. and look at what works best. And again, I can't reiterate this enough. It's not making you do anything. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's suggestions. That's the biggest thing is it's suggestions. And the whole part of this is that we didn't want to create, you know, and, and we're in a unique position in artificial intelligence and where I, I feel like we are truly the first AI company with the sole purpose of using AI to make humans better, right? We talk a lot about this race between AI and humans and, and you know, if there's going to be a singularity or something like that, it's like, well... To me, if we're going to fight some kind of crazy technological singularity, then we should invest in people and we should be absolutely doing everything we can to enhance humans in learning whatever it is that they want to do. And it could be, you know, whatever sport, CrossFit, hiking, shooting, bowling, whatever the thing is that gets you showing up is why we want you there. And I, I have a kind of a, a saying for general pop, but the greatest KPI in gen pop is whether or not someone shows up. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest KPI for general pop for those of you that work in it is do you show up and are you compliant? Yeah. I could and that's that's perfect. Like yeah. that's the biggest issue in all of the world. And yeah. we're talking about <laughs> compliance and talking about fitness and obesity issues and um risk reducing all cause mortality. You can take care of ninety five percent of that just by showing up. Exactly. And it's like you know, movement should be good, right? Movement should definitely be clean and you don't want to be doing anything stupid. 
But at the end of the day, if somebody is going from sitting on their ass doing absolutely nothing and being in a really bad spot to being in an environment where they might be soaking things up that are driving them in a healthy direction, I, I'll take that any day. You know, I used to have some deals with my clients like, hey, uh, I, I had one guy in particular uh, a long time ago that was kind of a troublesome you know, client when it came to compliance. And my deal with him was if you're going to cancel on me last minute and, you know, instead of lying to me or instead of coming up with an excuse, show up to the facility, walk in the door, get a smoothie or a bag of chips from the cafe. I don't care. And walk out or show up, wave to me and walk out and we can call it a session or a comp it, whatever. But it's that process of I had to make a decision to physically drive to a place that I don't really enjoy being at, put myself through something that's kind of embarrassing and stressful and come out and feel okay. And, and understanding that everyone's got a different spot and where they are in that process. Yeah. And I, I got a couple of things I want to touch on there. It was a kind of a, uh, definitely a funny situation where I, I was teaching at, um, some undergrads and I was a TA and one person asked me, you know, what's the best, uh, cardio program and what's the best, whatever. Should I do steps? Should I do stairs? Should I do kettlebell swing? I said, you could run in a circle for 60 minutes <laughs> and get the same benefit cardio-wise that you, right? And, but that's not the idea, right? The, the, the initial, the kind of joke of that is, you know, exercising is not that hard. It's not that confusing. Um, lift something heavier than last time and you'll get stronger. Or, you know, that's the very base standpoint. But again, the platform isn't to just give a program. It's to increase motivation um, and make it very much about that individual. And that's where the side of working with people makes a big difference. And so if you ever worked with someone, um, it's like it's like the example would be if you went to just taxes were yesterday. If you went to your accountant and you were to go there and then they would try to explain and teach you why they chose all the tax things i have no verse in this i have no idea what this called tax things <laughs> tax they picked things. Yeah. <laughs> and then try to explain to me to understand it and then have me appreciate it i'm like i pay you money can you please just do it right i'll sign where i need to sign and that's the same approach i think that um other individuals going towards personal training might feel not not everyone feels that way some people are more inquisitive but i think a lot of trainers people in the strength conditioning world are so passionate about what they do that were at times burdensome to try to explain everything. Yep. And not a bad thing. That's a good thing sometimes, but it doesn't always get to the point that, you know, that person is, you're supposed to be Yoda and they are Luke Skywalker. Yep. Right. I use that example a couple of times lately. And then what I mean by that is you're supposed to show them the way yep. and give them as much as they need and what they want. And so going back on track with the app, mm-hmm. Someone comes in, they go through this, uh, I'm assuming initial screening the app might have, it yep. might have some initial assessments, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, and then it might start to give them workouts. Yeah. So, um, we can walk back through the app. I know it got off on a little tangent. I get excited talking about this stuff. Uh, but w- w- in terms of like the, the, what the user sees in the UI, which by the way, we have an incredible front end guy in, uh, Jake champagne, who's been doing some awesome work with us and making this happen. Uh, but something familiar, right? So, Questionnaires, we can definitely get a little bit off you. I mean, even for body comp, um, we didn't want to rely on wearables. So for right now, we wanted anyone to be able to just open an app because app is an app is a really comfortable uh, platform for the information. Um, but the app is just a host to the the algorithm or that train station engine, the AI that's driving everything. 
So if someone opens the app, they fill out a survey, um, they'll get a workout generated for the day. We'll ask them how much time you have, um, where you are, and basically use geolocation to determine where somebody is and then what resources, what resources do they have available to that environment, right? Um, and then generate a workout for them. And the workout will be based on their primary goal and then also try and factor in things like sub goals, which are activities or other things that you may like to do or enjoy that may change your movement or habits. Um, and then we tried to keep it in a really familiar setting, which was Tinder. That's one of the most widely used uh, dating apps. So we were like, well, why not use uh, your exercises or your movements somewhat like uh, you treat your Tinder? So, uh, you know, if you like the exercise, if things are going well, you can swipe right. It'll just continue. You know, you submit. Gary that just swipe, swipes right on everything. <laughs> yeah. He likes all exercises. You yep. can have the endless like library. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so each card will have, you know, you can input how much weight you've done, how many reps you did, and we'll be keeping track of time. Uh, and then if you don't like it, we'll swipe left. Actually, you can see I've been walking through some of the uh, functions on my board up there. Um, but if you swipe left, you don't like it. Um, the idea is we're going to try and figure out why, you know, because sometimes there are exercises that someone shouldn't do and they absolutely should not because of health reasons. And other times there's exercises where you don't know why, but someone really just doesn't like them. Uh, I use a, a client example. Um, I had a lady that was really afraid of heights to a point that I could not understand, but I couldn't get her to go onto an eight inch box. The eight to 12 inch box and it took ramping it up from like a step to just whatever to getting her to stand on this eight inch box and then she's afraid 12. of heights yep afraid of heights but also afraid of falling more than afraid mm, of heights gotcha okay right? it's more about i'm f afraid of falling off something else she had had something happen to her when she was young that was triggering a fear response and stepping mm. up onto something of a little bit of height so it's like we don't really know every metric but we want to give the ai an opportunity to understand okay if someone doesn't like this exercise, is it because it hurts them? If it hurts them, where does it hurt them? How much is it hurting and why? If it's because, you know, they just don't like it, they can fill in a reason. Um, if it's because it's uncomfortable, they don't have the equipment, we'll take that into account and try and adjust or augment the program to give them options that are similar to that without being the same thing. And just to stop you there, if, if they didn't like it because they were uncomfortable with it, would you have options to teach them? You know, like, why are you uncomfortable? Is it because you've never done it? So oh. that's uh, that function. Yeah, we'll we'll get into deeper uh, deeper territories with that as we move forward. Uh, for right now, we are mainly looking for input as to reasons why, and trying to figure out maybe some common core reasons as to why people would not be doing certain things, uh, and then start providing better interventions from there. We don't want to start providing interventions before we understand, uh, you know, the cost too okay. much. So, yeah, I'm just gonna get the app, and then I'm gonna try to make it. Strictly tricep exercises, the whole entire thing. And yeah. I'm going to try and wait to fudge it and Dude, eat donuts and do biceps. Our first like six months, I think we looked at our, I was running a database inventory and we had, because we came from bodybuilding. Like my business partner, Lucas and I originally started in the physique stuff. So we're doing uh, an inventory of the DB and it's like, oh man, we have 350 chest exercises, a shit ton of biceps and triceps. We should probably start doing some movement-based stuff in here. You know? <laughs> ten, 10 active mobility exercises. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if I'm a trainer, can I use this platform with my clients? Um, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm a trainer. I got a ton of people I might be working with. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I don't know what they like. I don't know what's best for them just because they're new or um, – they're not very open about yeah. discussing how their program is going. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm a big facility that sees a lot of people like a lifetime fitness. Yeah. Could this be something that gets the wheel turning right for that company Absolutely. or that individual? So it's not just for that person who doesn't have a trainer, but maybe it's for the trainer 
to get more information from that person. Correct. And so the the application right now, the app on a phone is basically, that's our comfortable way of getting somebody involved, right? But again, what really is driving the magic here is the the algorithm, um, the the train station engine, which we are looking for names, by the way, if anyone wants to suggest a name, Uh, Jarvis has already taken, but... uh, It's train, the capital AI. Correct. Station. Yep. And uh, yeah, basically... Um, if, if a coach wants to use that, they absolutely can. And we actually are encouraging it. Um, right now, if anything, we'd love to see more strength coaches and personal trainers uh, and even physical therapists and maybe even you know doctors or other medical professionals who are looking to give you know a certain type of preventative wellness advice to somebody to walk along that journey with someone and say, hey, you know, maybe this makes sense in the app, maybe this doesn't, or you know, learn something from it as well. Maybe it'll point something out they don't see. Um, in regards to is it something that you know, should happen or can be done. Well, it's already happening. Um, you know, I've worked in uh, commercial gyms long enough to see plenty of guys who are willing to charge somebody $105, $120 for an hour of their time and then use something like a strength engine. I don't know if you've ever heard of strength engine. I have not. No. Um, so strength engines like a, it's a website that just generates plans and, and it's kind of funny. So if you look at it, they actually, some of the exercises are free. It's free to some degree for coaches. It can cost something, right? Uh, but the volume is like you know, 40 exercises at, you know, 10 sets each. Sometimes it didn't really have a cap, uh, but I knew guys that were literally charging people money and printing out a program, handing it to someone and say, Hey, get through as much of that as you can. And it's like, that's your workout for today and maybe guide them or not. And, you know, I can't fault them in a hundred percent because the process of being a personal trainer requires so much data. It requires so much time and, and energy into giving someone the right interventions that that's where we're reaching out to, you know? Um, so it's it's not just a platform for the individual. It's now taking off a burden for the trainer, not the burden in the sense that, oh, you got to write you know, a program or you got to understand your client, but maybe taking in more information from that client that you could possibly get from the one hour that correct. you'd be with them. Yep, correct. And that's uh, something I was talking about with my mentor at Fisher Institute, Trent, was right now they're kind of running into a similar issue. It's like, you know, I got to put in, I got to bill hours. I got to bill people afterwards. I have to write up synopsis of what I just did in that hour while somebody's walking in the door with a fresh set of problems and a whole new set of circumstances you need to be dealing with and adjusting to, so to, to help them. It's like increasing your bandwidth. You have now yeah. you're spending less time doing things that don't have direct meaning that you're only limited by thought process, speed of computing correct. and thumbs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Very, yeah, no, that's a, uh, it's a step that not everyone would possibly agree with, right? There's a lot yep. of people out there who go, oh, you know, screw anything technological. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you have some technology because you're listening to it. But yeah, um, <laughs> well, you know, so, hey, that's actually you know that's a good point. You say you know if if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some technology, and, and so you're already kind of you know you're already listening to it. You're already part of it. That's really the big point. Uh, when I talked about or when I mentioned a symbiotic relationship between technology and people. Um, you know, people can, I think the, the big scary idea of the singularity is what freaks people out, but the idea of cyborgs and stuff, we're kind of already there. You know, it's, you have certain things you cannot do without a phone. I mean, a hundred percent. I'm going to interrupt you. I apologize. No, no but problem. Yeah. If you don't like technology and you've ever invested your money in anything, they use projections. Correct. <laughs> You're not going to randomly put money in something. If you're in the stock market, you might say, oh, this stock is projected to be here yeah just like how maybe training we can project that 
doing X, Y, and Z is going to make this person enjoy train more. Yep. It's not guaranteeing it. It's projecting. And if we have a phone, we I don't even know how to go to a store without my GPS. I I think it was on Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart said that his yeah. GPS had broke down and he like stopped yeah. in his car and didn't know what, what to do. To do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to do either. Yeah. Um, and so we become so reliant on technology. But the fitness and the strength conditioning world outside of marketing, which uses tons of stats and technology, yeah. doesn't use like any at all, especially right. for prediction, yeah. understanding. And in my opinion, a lot of it is because just doing it gets you 90% there. Yeah. Right. You say it'd be the equivalent to like if you were to put just put money in any stock at all, you get a 90% return. Yep. Right. Like, oh, that's that's hard to fail. Yeah. But not everyone is doing you know, is actively in fitness and strength conditioning and being active in general. And the question is why? Yeah. Right. If we know we get this huge return physically, emotionally, mentally, um, longevity from just being active and it's well known, why are people not engaging? And that's kind of problem I feel like you guys are attempting to solve. Well, why should they? That's a big question. Right. It's like if you, you know, why isn't somebody doing it? I think you and I have talked about this in the past when we're breaking down exercise and training and all that stuff. And you try and get down to what the most fundamental things we're trying to accomplish are. You're trying to put an organism through stress, a controlled stress in order to cause an adaptation to change. So that in of itself, people have pretty hard, like stressed out lives. Most people do not, you know, I have a pretty good life. I'm lucky in that sense. A lot of people have a lot of stress they're dealing with. So to ask someone, Hey, I know you just had a really shitty day and I know you know nothing about exercise and I know you have zero desire to be here. And I know you, you know, all these other things, but come here and do something stressful and kind of painful and uncomfortable and do it for an hour. It's a tough buy-in process, you know, to that's, get someone to, to That's a great that. example because what it brings up is the psychological perception standpoint that we often don't relate with exercise. So for people who are in this field go, oh, no shit, exercise is good for you. But we spent somewhere, somewhere on the line, we learned yep. that exercise was good. So there's a learning barrier. Correct. Right. There are a lot of things that are probably good for me that I'm not aware of. Like uh, there probably are. There's probably financial things I'm probably not doing right. Yeah. And those people in the financial financial world would be like, well, why aren't you doing that? Yeah. Well, I don't have the ability to learn. Yeah. And that I do have the ability to learn, but maybe I have not learned in that area. And well, so when we look at fitness, right, someone needs to actually learn how to squat. Remember the first time that you stepped into a weight room? Yeah. I mean, I was in high school. I was nervous. I was afraid. I should hurt myself. Yeah. And when I hurt myself, I didn't want to embarrass myself. I thought other people were judging me. Yeah. And this isn't even diving into the psychosocial ramifications of going to a public gym Correct. where you might feel like, um, you know, maybe that if you're first time lifting and there's someone who's extremely fit that you aspire to be, that you feel um, some inadequacy that you shouldn't be there or you're uncomfortable. Yeah. More times than not, those people who are typically very fit and strong are advocates of fitness. They'd probably yeah. have to teach you, but you don't have that psychosocial um, we don't address that psychosocial issue as much. Right. Um, and a lot of it's because maybe someone doesn't have the ability to have, you know, repetitions of practice yeah. um, and go in there. Like the first time I played golf, I played and I made sure the course was empty. Mm-hmm. I was hitting balls all over the place. Yeah. And it's because I was nervous. Yeah. And I didn't want others to see me fail because as humans, we don't like to fail. Yeah, absolutely. And we're wired to, uh, you know, not want to in a lot of ways, right? It's like your brain's always going to tell us to try, try to not do something that's going to put you at risk. And you have to fight that and kind of put yourself in some of those 
borderline tough situations to cause the adaptation to the stressor in order to become better. But it's a lot to get someone in. And to build off that, not to uh, correct what you said, but more to dive deeper within that um, and add a layer to it is um, that if education was the only problem or if education and knowledge was the only barrier to becoming a healthy or high-performing person, uh, I would have a perfect diet and I would probably be lifting six, seven days a week or you know, my old boss at Lifetime who had tons of, you know, certs or whatever would have been extremely ripped and in great shape and motivated every day. You know, knowledge isn't just the only barrier. You know, I've been learning or studying health and wellness for going on 10 years, even though I'm 26. I've been training since I was 16. Uh, and one of the things I can tell you is that the, the more you know, sometimes even the more someone else knows, there's no guarantee that they'll stay. And it drives it back to purpose. What is the reason someone's going to walk in the door? Um, and I don't think that prolonging life is a good enough reason sometimes. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to the gym so I can not die as soon. And it's like, that's not a good reason. Like, you got to find a real, you know, real good self-driving reason to stay in the gym and, and something that's going to pull you back multiple times without uh, – Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need motivation that is acute and long term. Yes. Right. You need something that is immediate. I want to go to gym immediately for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I know eating pizza isn't good for my longevity. <laughs> I ate a whole Costco pizza yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm very well educated in the fact that if I eat a bunch of dairy and I eat a bunch of gluten, my stomach's not going to feel very good the next day. Yeah. Especially when it's a whole pizza. Yeah. <laughs> But I did it anyway. Yeah. And so what's the acute, acute incentive? How does it weigh against the pros and cons? So it's, again, not just education, yeah, but it's um, the motivation mm -hmm. of education. Correct. Right? Yeah. And that's kind of like the issue with the cigarette industry had, I believe, when they were talking about, oh, you know, people know smoking is bad, yeah. but people still smoke. Why, <laughs> why is this happening? Yeah. And they had to go through several hurdles I don't know the full detail of it mm -hmm. to figure out why that was the case and how to change it culturally. Yeah. And breaking the pattern has become something that I think, you know, patterns and habits, patterns and behaviors is something that uh, is really what we're trying to, to narrow in on. If we can give someone any excuse to disrupt that pattern of not going to the gym or to disrupt that pattern of picking up a shitty piece of food, whatever it is, anything to disrupt that constant flow of I need to do this one thing that's self-harming is what we're hoping to get out of it, you know. And you're making it easier, right? If you look at Correct. why people do things, it's, you know, yeah. you eat fast food, and it's, the name of it is, explains why you eat it. It's fast, it's easy, it's convenient. Yeah. Um, you don't work out because it's easier than working out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so how can you make the barrier, or I guess the thresholds of working out, not working out, so close to each other? How can I make working out almost just as easy as not working out? Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to come intrinsically, you know, and, and it's going to be dependent person to person. Some people are driven by work. Some people are driven by a family. Some people are driven by pure adventure and, and whatever it is. But being able as a trainer or coach to listen enough to, to really ask hard questions and to listen continually to your people and then direct them based on that is I think, the key to that long lasting uh, success. You know, it's, it's not just about the fat loss or the bigger butt or whatever it is at the time. It is about that, and that's why you walked in the door. It's also about what is going to keep you here long term, which you know could be any number of things. You know, if you want to do better at work, you know, maybe you're a really intense lawyer or a tech guy. Guess what? Performance concepts still carry from sports performance, health, and fitness into whatever it is that you do outside of sports performance and health and fitness.
So does your platform take those different motivational factors into account? So we believe we can you say that? Yes. <laughs> so uh, we believe that we do. And we have at least uh, more than anything left the door open for that. So something interesting for us, like we said, a big challenge for the AI itself that we wanted to personally take on was how effectively can we prescribe day to day exercises and health and fitness routines without biometrics first? Once we've reached that capacity, then we can start taking in more and more metrics that, you know, in case people don't have access to it, if they only have a phone. And all you have is this, you know, phone and an app and you're in the middle of nowhere. You don't even have internet or something. Will it still be able to have your, your plan on there for you? And it's like, yes. Yeah, that's what we wanted to make sure we could would handle. The things that we're asking people are not just, have you lost weight? Have you lost fat? Whatever. It's, are you enjoying this workout? What are things that you're partaking in outside of here that, uh, you know, may drive you to stay here, right? If you're somebody who likes hiking and really likes being outside or something like that, just likes the outdoors. Maybe there's a reason you should be training or taking care of yourself to continue to do that, right? Maybe you just like video games. Maybe your whole shtick is that you really want to sit on your ass and win at Fortnite and make some serious cash winning at Fortnite. Well, guess what, man? You're still going to need to take care of yourself enough to be a high-performing individual at Fortnite, <laughs> whatever it is. So we believe that we've been able to set up an adaptable program to start to take into account those factors. So per performance is life and life is performance. It doesn't need to be performance in correct terms of running a 40 yard dash at whatever time it's performance in regards to your context of performance. Absolutely. So I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn here. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I want to ask you about the startup world. Yeah, I know man. a lot of people listening to this probably have a lot of questions about how, how do I begin this process? You know, people have, I get the exam. My dad said this, you know, ideas ain't worth shit. Yeah. All right. A lot of people have great ideas that don't ever pan out to be anything. Yeah. So how have you taken an idea and gone through some, you know, different hoops and obstacles to get where you are to the point where you're getting ready to take this product to the next level? And obviously it's a little more detailed than just, um, you know, an idea and here we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the most important thing uh, that I've found so far is people and who you surround yourself with, the environment you put yourself in, right? You can't control everything, but you can control the people that you let into your organization and you can control the chemistry and the atmosphere that you kind of create within that organization. If you can really master your team and get everyone happy and working together on a common ground, common goal, you know, those people will help you, right? Because, you know, I'm talking about AI here and I'm getting to, I have the opportunity to sit down and talk to you about this stuff, which we've been all wanting to for freaking ever. Um, but truthfully, you know, I don't get to this chair without a lot of other people along the way. And it's not just a lot of other people. It's a lot of other people that A, I have invested into personally, but B, that have chosen to invest back in me. And it becomes more of that kind of family unit. So Showing up to a random talk. and Showing up to a random talk. We met. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's funny how... The world works. And the way I describe it, um, and there's a couple ways I describe it, and they all probably suck, so I apologize. <laughs> well, it, it, how can you build off of something? Right, You don't want something from to go from A to D. You want it to go from A to B to C to D. Because mm -hmm. if D fails, you fall back on C. If you went from A to D and D fails, you fall back to A. Correct. And so a lot of what you're talking about, too, is how do I surround myself with the right people? But also, how do I give myself the environment to constantly build and pursue something I'm passionate about? So 
you're not sitting here going, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this in five years and this in 10 years. Because as a startup company, you don't, you don't get to do that. You have no idea. Yeah. But you know I'm going to be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build off what I learned today, take that, and find a way to make it better. Yep. And I think a lot of people see um, startups become successful. Um, Facebook, you know, they watch the Facebook movie. And it's like, oh, wow, they made an app and they made a million dollars in and a no week. No one shows the investment that Mark Zuckerberg got that was so large that it propelled them forward and gave them the resources they needed. So. And it, yeah, and it also <laughs> took many steps of him probably failing. Oh, yeah. It took many steps of him long night sacrificing different aspects. But what he did ultimately was his platform or anyone typically in the startup world it's built correct right? it's not a straight line it's a lot of these different webs mm-hmm. that catch on to certain aspects and it moves and you go with the flow of it yep. and so while it looks like he had this great idea that this is what it would be, would be i mean there are tons of startups that start out as one thing yeah. and end as another because all it did was grow and if you Absolutely. treat your own development in that same manner yep. that all i'm going to do is build mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm building I have no idea. Building. Yeah. We're going to build something because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm going to have a lot of you know bricks piled up, and I'll probably yeah. can at least hide behind it yeah. if something happens. Exactly. Well, and, you know, if you would ask me four years ago, would I be interested in AI and tech? I'd be like, well, it sounds cool, but I have no idea what that is. You know, it's like things change very, very fast, and if you're in an environment where uh, you can take advantage of those things, when you know opportunities come and knock, take advantage of them. Hop on. You know, like same thing. I saw you post, you know, something on Instagram, and it was like, all right, you're telling me. Strong by Science is doing a free seminar in Colorado, and he's just giving out information. I'm not going to not go there. Are you freaking kidding me? It's like, yeah, there's, sometimes there's really great you know, opportunities in front of you. Run after them, and then you never know where they're going to take you. Um, and, and I think that's been one of the coolest things about this whole process is that, yeah, you're right. It's you know, Building a startup similar to building a, a successful startup, even though you know, we're not quite there, is any, like building an app. Any startup, by the way, that's yes. gotten this far is successful. Thank so let's, let's take a step back because a lot of people don't even get pen to paper. Yeah, and they, they do fail early because A, people give up. Uh, B, there's no direction. Um, but C, they don't enjoy the process. And they don't enjoy or don't expect that there's going to be lots of really bad days. You know, I called uh, my buddy sometime, my, my main business partner, Lucas. I've called him plenty of times being like, dude, I have $4 in my account right now. And I have no idea. I'm just going to have to move home, quit my job. We're doing this. But... We're still working on this one really cool thing that's driving us every single day. And this one thing is just continually driving that uh, push of effort every single day. Um, and the process to get there of first putting out terrible programs, not even being able to get an AI to understand what an exercise is. We've tried uh, to create an AI description mechanism to get it to describe stuff. And it came out sounding like a Swedish guy. Like, yes, put pick up a barbell and put over there. Like, like it made no sense at all. But you, you try and create these things along the way and hope they work out. And then a lot of them do and a lot of them really don't. But the process of building stuff, especially if you get to do it with your friends or with people that have common interests, I mean, that's what life is about, man. It's about as good as it gets. Yeah, you give yourself opportunities to have opportunities. Correct. Yeah. You, you don't know... Which opportunities may be worth a darn. And if you look at the path of how opportunities work, right, you come to this talk, and next thing you know, we meet and we discuss one thing to another. Now you're on a, the podcast with us, chatting about your company that you're developing. And if there's people out there interested in the company, now they're hearing about it, they're learning about it. Um, a lot of people, I think, have that idea of, oh, I want to do something. And it's not, I don't want to call it paralysis by analysis. 
because people don't really get scared or afraid to do something because they like overthink it. It's not like they're paralyzed by, oh my gosh, what are the things they can do? It's more like it's it's easy to have an idea. It's hard to put it to work. Yeah. And I think it's not as hard as people make it seem to be yeah. because it's just one step. Yeah. You know, maybe all you do for your, to start your AI company, um, it's just an example. Um, Gary probably didn't do this, but you simply said, I want to do this. And you read a book. You reached out to someone who might have known and one thing led to the next. Yeah. Probably didn't happen that way, but that's how things do happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and I think what you said about you know, setting yourself up to have uh, you know, more opportunities, giving yourself the opportunity to have opportunities is a big one. Um, you know, I, I laugh because you're wearing the Halo Neuro right now on your head as a pair of headphones. Not even we're not even stimming his brain. Yeah, right I have yeah. full stim during the podcast. <laughs> the I'm so minutes. focused. I've been talking for four hours straight. <laughs> we just only filmed the last hour. No, but it's like you know, you're wearing this thing on your head. And, and a couple of years ago, I was thinking, man, I just paid a thousand dollars for a brain stimulator that I don't know anything about, and thing I just blew my whole paycheck on this thing, hoping that it could do something for one of my clients that was having some serious neurological issues. And not only did I get some incredible results for her, but along the way, just holding on to this ridiculous headset, I've met you, I've met uh, Rachel Ragsdale at Neuroptimize, and I've had some new uh, opportunities come up with what they're doing at Ready, Set, Neuro. So what are you doing there with them, by the way? Before um, I don't want you to skim over this topic, so to no, fill in the blanks. Yeah, so uh, I randomly got set up uh, with them through you, through the, the idea to do some Halo Neuro testing with their QEEG device. So, so Neuroptimize is a neurofeedback clinic uh, specializing in, in neurofeedback therapy. So you come in, you get a brain scan. They can get an idea of what's going on day to day. Are you focusing? Are you getting anxiety? Stuff like that. Yeah. And so then, they, to take a step back, one step further. Yep. I had no idea Gary was interested in this aspect, and he yeah. said he brought a Halo neurofeedback. <laughs> and at the time, we're looking to integrate. Um, so at Resilience Code, where I work, we have a great staff of NeuroOptimized works there, and they do a wonderful job with QEEG brain mapping, where they measure brain waves. And I said, you know. Gary, you have this cool thing that zaps people's heads, and I don't know what it does, but I think these girls who run the program know very well what they do, and maybe there's something that we could utilize here. Um, I'm I'm not even sure, and so I just handed the introductions to you guys, and I thought maybe we could make a cool Instagram post out of it and share some stuff, and then all of a sudden one thing led to the next, and now Gary... This is where you're at now. So let's yeah. hear about this before I interrupt again. Yeah, so I'm not doing anything too crazy for them right now. Right now I'm trying to create some awareness and get some uh, you know, sales going and get some feet in the door for their new program called Ready, Set, Neuro, uh, which is the you know at-home or remote version of uh, their neurotherapy and, and neurofeedback therapy. So um, they've already seen incredible results with their neurofeedback therapy and curbing things like uh, focused depression, anxiety, and, and uh, dealing with day-to-day traumas. Um, so giving somebody the access to uh, do those therapies at home, not having to go into a clinic where you, they set you up on this massive brain scanner thing and making this intimidating process, um, you know, it opens the door for, you know, like we had talked about, accessibility for more people that would not otherwise have it. Um, and so for right now, I think it's really cool. They're just kind of jumpstarting the, the remote program, but it's got a lot of different directions they can take it. Uh, and in regards to what we're doing with artificial intelligence and uh, personal training, um, to me, the understanding of how you can map a brain day to day and understand what is affecting your, you know, your, your emotions, your feelings, but then also your behaviors. And then trying to understand what is the role that that information plays in the physiologic models that we're using for exercise. So are there ways we can quantify uh, changes in behavior and then use those results to uh, pair with exercise programs as well? Yeah, and when you talk about brain waves and for people who haven't seen it, you were a scat. Uh, 
cap on your head. It has electrodes that don't go through the skin. They're on the skin. They're surface electrodes, and they're picking up different brainwave activities based on the regions of the brain. You might have different asymmetries in different regions. Maybe, you know, it's your frontal cortex. Maybe it's an occipital lobe. I don't Whatever the aspect is, they're versed in it. And what Gary's talking about is maybe we can look at these brainwaves and begin to understand how someone might respond to training, both predictively, are they best suited for X, Y, and Z, and maybe proactively, what is training doing and what should we do next? Yep, exactly. And proactive is a good word because you know one of the big things with the, the AI program is it's I still see exercise and fitness or, or any type of preventative measure as medicine in a way, right? And, and it's less about uh, us doing the healing and having the hubris of humans saying, I'm healing you. And it's more about how can I put your body in a place to heal itself? And, you know, we're seeing a big issue with pills primarily in this country. You know, on the physical side, we can talk about opiates. On the mental side, you can talk about antidepressants, anxiety medications, things for panic disorders, things for ADHD, which may be getting prescribed without real consideration as to why they're there. So giving someone that chance to say, well, hey, try something like a neurofeedback therapy or something that is non-invasive, non-surgical, and that doesn't have negative long-lasting effects on your neurochemistry and see, okay, is that going to affect this or not? And if it doesn't, then we can talk about pills again. But giving them the chance is the big part. I really wish it wasn't called holistic health care. I think <laughs> yeah. that comes like some woo and like, ooh, you're yeah. going to like do some crazy things that the FDA doesn't approve of. <laughs> right? I think and that's not what they do, by the way, first and foremost. But I think that's what people associate at times. They think of something that's um, out of left field. But really, it's, it's, it's root cause healthcare. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Typical healthcare models treat symptoms and immediate issues. Yep. Advil reduces pain because you take it for pain. Advil also reduces your ability for your collagen to synthesize in your muscles and tears apart your gut, <laughs> increases permeability of your gut which could then possibly affect your blood-brain chemistry. It can affect um, your autoimmune responses. It can lower your testosterone and all this other stuff. I'm not saying Advil is the devil, but I'm just saying it. And not Advil, ibuprofen. Let me be clear. Yes, you have to be specific. Don't call anyone out. (laughs) Sorry, unintentional. Um, If ibuprofen does all that stuff. Right, okay, that's an aspect of it. And it's really useful at times. I take it. Yeah. I have massive headaches, but it's weighing the risk to reward. And my massive headache probably is a root cause from some other issues like dehydration, malnutrition, or yeah. some, not malnutrition, I'm not eating enough, but yeah. poor nutrition, poor nutrition yeah. stress, and whatnot. And so when you look at these kind of, in you know, using technology to integrate and approach it from a root cause approach, now we're looking at, you know, holistic healthcare. I use those yeah. in air quotes because really, it is a root cause. We're not looking at fixing a symptom. We're looking at fixing a system. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, holistic has been a, it's a funny, funny kind of, I guess, in between term a lot of people's use where it's like, you know, I think I'm doing some cupping, so it's holistic. Or I do yoga, so it's holistic, whatever. It's like, no, if you're going to use the word, I guess we should be talking about the, the whole complete complex adaptive system and addressing every part of that system as it adapts you know, that's really the holistic approach, right? Is understanding just where all the pieces of the puzzle fit into place. Um, and then also going against what we've created uh, is Western medicine or Western scientific standards, being willing to challenge those standards. Say, okay, are we okay with every once in a while throwing something out there? Say, is it okay to test? Um, and understanding where those standards come from too. It's like yeah. I was talking to someone and they said, oh, you know, 
the vitamin D recommend vitamin C recommendation daily intakes basically so you don't get scurvy. Yeah. Right. It's minimal. Um, a lot of times it's not contextual to what you're doing. So yeah. with regards to how much should you exercise? Well, the Olympian who's trying to run, you know, a, a sub 10, 100, is probably going to exercise a little more <laughs> than someone who's just trying to live a healthier life. And right, so yeah. exercise is contextual. Yeah. Nutrient intake for how big or how you want to be is contextual. We start looking at it that way. Well, we understand that life itself and how we approach them, these issues needs to be contextual. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I think that's been so cool about watching this AI develop is now that we're in testing and now we're actually into the part where we can run people through situations and we can say, okay, you're getting the program, you know, let us know what's going on. That's where we're getting some context and that's where the exciting part starts to happen. You know, we can start to see, okay, how is all this data going to make sense in specific contexts? And I think what we've done is create this kind of you know, central hub where people can choose to, to link with us if they want to, if a wearable company wants to add in their wearables to our software. We can kind of give them a central hub to say, this is what is actionably going on with all that data now under so these conditions. You've got two things going on right now. you got one, you're looking for coaches to pick apart your program. Correct. Is that true? Yes. Um, and you're also looking for input on your program. Right. Is that also true? Yeah. Is that open to anyone? Anyone who wants to reach out, we're definitely, uh, we're all ears, right? And as far as who we can let work on the algorithm and, and you know, actually play with it, that's pretty Maybe important. not working out. How about but who, who giving? Work, workouts. That's. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. So, but as far as who can participate in the program, who can work on, on the workouts and stuff, we want that to be as, you know, as brutal as possible. That's the whole point of science is like, how can we get as many of these people so in here? to tear it up. Um, so right now we're finishing, uh, testing the API. So that's the, um, the interface in which whatever the person on the front end sees, uh, you know, interacts with our algorithm. Once that's all locked into place, and we're moving into beta testing. Uh, we've got an email or spot on our website where people can go in and leave their email address and stuff. And if, you know, strength coaches, PTs, whatever it is, tear apart those programs because it definitely helps us. And, and the smarter. website name is? Uh, trainstation.fit. And so spell that out for us. So it's just train, T-R-A-I-N, station, S-T-A-T-I-O-N. If you make me spell things on uh, on the air here. But yeah, trainstation.fit. Fit. Gotcha. And you can go on there. And if you're interested in partaking in this process, just leave your email, yep. leave your email and that will lead to. So uh, you leave your email for right now. Uh, it's just going to go for us to see. So we will have that to reach out to. But the second we're in beta, we'll send out a blast and everyone will get a notification like, hey, check it out. Download in the app store. Um, I, we've been talking about putting in a button where you can, you know, select that you're a strength coach or, or some kind of health and fitness professional to participate in. So we can know to uh, watch out for your opinion and, and, you know, the feedback we're getting from that person particularly. Yeah. So you want your opinion heard say you're a you know, high, high level strength coach, ultimate trainer, fitness, health expert. And then Gary will have to listen to you. They have to, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> so go back is okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, you know, not enough buys, not enough tries in this program. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, what's this really happening? needs way more arms. <laughs> needs way, way more, more arms. arms. <laughs> a lot more bench press. Yeah. I, I have yeah. a feeling that's going to be the response we get. No, yeah. I mean, a lot more short foot exercises. I was really looking for, you know, a lot of, you know, just high and, probability of butt exercises all the time. Anterior so tibialis, yeah. you know, a lot of neck strengthening, neck and toes. Neck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that website is where they could check it out. Yeah. Where can we find you on Instagram currently? So, and um, we'll don't answer yet, Gary. No. 
will you have a company Instagram? Because I know you have a personal one that yep. you can give out now. And then is there a company you want to go along with that? Yeah. So we actually have uh, we have a company one up right now. I believe it's just trainstation.fit. Uh, and it's in my bio at uh, Highly Functional. So Highly Functional has a P-H-O in functional. So spell it out because I, I couldn't spell it out. Really. Highly, I, uh, H-I-G-H-L-Y. Uh, and there's no underscore or anything. Just Highly Functional. P-H-O-N-C-T-I-O-N-A-L. Spelling bee over here. Uh, yeah, we got to see if he can spell the company will make it. No. Exactly. <laughs> it's a test. Little does he know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't spell to prescribe exercises, okay? No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can check out my personal Instagram and it'll refer over there. Um, I've been getting a little bit of content going, so I'm, I apologize for my followers for not putting out super in-depth stuff. Uh, part of what I'm doing lately, you can probably see, is just uh, workouts, and we're having to use the workouts for recordings on the database. So I'm trying to get two things oh, done. Oh, so you're going to be on the database. Unfortunately, yeah. I usually don't like having my face on my own products. But Very exciting. Really, I know. Everyone can watch me work out. Question for you. I need to lose some and weight. <laughs> this is actually a, maybe a serious question. I don't know. If a trainer was interested yeah. in putting their material onto yeah. your database, where they maybe want to showcase their name. Yeah. They want to put their maybe absolutely man handle yeah. associated with that yep. image, and they can put that exercise in there. Is that a possibility? Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing for uh, beta testing here is actually opening the door, especially if you're a YouTuber and you have a YouTube hyperlink. YouTubers um, out there, YouTubers listening. listening. If you have a YouTube hyperlink to uh, exercises or anything like that, um, it helps us expand our database and it gives you some exposure. So if we can, you know, use your exercises or any links you have and throw it in our database to link someone with, then you kind of you, you claim that spot for now. So that's uh. You know, prime real well, estate. Well, that sounds like you know, some prime real estate. I might, I might be linking myself in there. Yeah. yeah. Max is demonstrating, you know, you know, all he demonstrated was curls. Yeah. Well, what's the Schmarzo squat that you made? Yeah, well, the alpha yeah, makeup exercises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm pushing really hard to get my own movement named after me. Yep. There's a lot of great exercises out there. I got to think of something that's really useful. There it is, man. Obvious. But no one's named yet. We thought about throwing in some really weird movements just to see if anyone does them. Like just flap your arms like a freaking bird and just kind of bird like, flaps. Yeah, okay, you got ten sets of bird flaps. <laughs> Maybe the most popular like, exercise. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> big fan of the bird flaps. Yeah, Band exactly. assisted bird flaps. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every variation you could think yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, well, Gary, thank you for being on. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I for appreciate that. it. Yeah. Um, if there's anything out there, question wise, people might have for you. Where can they reach out before I kind of sign off here? Yeah. Um, if you have any questions about the company, go ahead and reach out to, uh, it's just my first name, Gary, G-A-R-Y, at trainstation.fit. Uh, and that's train station, just like you know, an actual train station. Um, so that's my email. You can definitely reach out there. And I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, answering questions about the company. And then if it's fitness related, go ahead and reach out on Instagram at Highly Functional. Uh, also check out my business partner, Lucas Atwood. And um, yeah, that's, that's about it, man. Very exciting. So, I mean, Super this pumped. is a company to keep your eyes on. It's a growing, learning, living device. It's not going to be Terminator. It's nope. probably not going to be Globo Jim either. It's nope. Somewhere in between. It's a friend, we promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a friend and it's there to guide, help, and yeah. assist. Yeah. Gary, pleasure having you on. Absolutely. Thank you very much um, for you guys listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in. We got some really exciting guests coming up here in the future. I can't spoil their names yet. Um, they're big. I, I might know a couple of them. Yeah, they're very cool. Yep. And um, unfortunately, they have to deal with myself. So, you know, send them your best wishes. And I appreciate worry, you, Gary. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate y'all tuning in again. And um, this has been Max Schmars at the Strong by Science Podcast. And thank you all. Yeah.